This is the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast, Episode 15. In today's show, I'm going to talk about hydrosols. I adore hydrosols, and you will too after this episode. In today's show, I'm going to talk about just what a hydrosol is, how they're made, and then I'll share five ways you can use hydrosols for seasonal allergy relief. You're listening to the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast with your host, Liz Fulcher. If you're interested in learning about essential oils, hearing interviews with industry experts, and discovering ways to grow your own aromatherapy business, this is the podcast for you. For more information and show notes, visit the website at aromaticwisdominstitute.com. Now sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and enjoy as Liz shares a dose of aromatic wisdom. Everyone, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate your listening to this podcast. If you're new, thank you for trying it out. I hope that you return. And if you are coming back to listen to another podcast, thank you very much again. I really love that uh, you guys are joining me, hearing what I have to educate about essential oils and aromatherapy. And I love the reviews that you're giving me on iTunes and and just sharing with me in emails. Thank you very much. So my name is Liz Fulcher. I am a clinical aromatherapist and an essential oil educator. I have a school called the Aromatic Wisdom Institute, which is aromaticwisdominstitute.com. And I'm your host for this podcast. So today is uh, Thursday, September 17th, and 2015. And I just recently returned from an aromatherapy conference in Denver, Colorado. So I'm really rested and full of all kinds of fun, new information that I gleaned from the, from the, um, conference. The conference was held by the AIA, which is the abbreviation for Alliance of International Aromatherapists. It was a beautiful opportunity for me to connect with a lot of friends. There are a lot of aromatherapists <clears throat> that I'm very close with, but we only see each other once a year at these conferences. But it was more importantly an opportunity for me to stay relevant, to stay current with what's happening in the industry. It's a one big learning experience. So I there was a trade show, so I got to see lots of new products. Of course, I had to go away buying lots of fun new things. Mostly I bought books and oils. And the speakers were fabulous. Jane Buckle was the keynote speaker. No, she wasn't. Um, sorry. Rob Pappas of the Essential Oil University was the keynote speaker. And he did a great presentation on dispelling essential oil myths. Uh, Jane Buckle was one of my favorite. And it was about really good ways to how to do research for case studies, which may sound dry, but it really wasn't. It was fascinating. We had a woman talk about carriers. We had, uh, there was a gentleman who got up and talked about um, adulteration and in chemistry, how you can determine if an essential oil has been adulterated. Anita James did an incredible presentation called The Further Adventures of Smell Woman about her work with children in, in schools in the United Kingdom and the how the effects of using essential oils and massage has made a huge impact on kids who, especially kids who come from troubled homes. She got a standing ovation. That was a very wonderful presentation. So overall, it was a terrific conference. If you ever have an opportunity to go, I really invite you to do that. The conferences are every other year. So AIA has their conference like it was 2013, then 2015. The next one will be 2017. 
The website is alliance-aromatherapists.org. I'll put that in the show notes. And it is a terrific organization. There are a lot of great organizations uh, to join f- around the world in aromatherapy. In the United States, we have AIA and NAHA, the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy. And that website is naha.org. I'll put that in the show notes. I should probably do a podcast just on these organizations because I think it'd be really interesting. And But I don't want to get too deep into that because I want to get into today's topic, which is five ways to use hydrosols for allergy relief. So before I get into the five ways to use hydrosols, let's talk about what is a hydrosol in the first place. Hydrosols go by a lot of different names. In the United States, we tend to use the word hydrosol, but they are also known as hydrolats. That tends to be more European. You'll hear the term distillate water or sometimes even floral waters, although the term floral water, waters can even be deceiving. Hydrosols are the aromatic water that results from a steam distillation of plant materials. So here's a real quick tutorial on how hydrosols are made. First of all, know that plants contain glands which hold the essential oils. So I'm just going to use peppermint as an example because most people are familiar with what a peppermint plant looks like, what it smells like. So if you were to take the leaf of a peppermint and look at it in a microscope, you'd see a whole lot of big, fat, juicy glands that contain the essential oil. In order to extract this essential oil from the plant, the distiller fills a cooker with this plant material. So in our example with peppermint leaves, the cooker is then filled with steam. So steam is actually propelled from underneath. So you've got this big copper pot full of peppermint leaves. You've got steam being forced through the plant material from underneath. As the steam rises, the heat causes the glands of these plants to burst open and release essential oils inside in this steam. So now you've got, if you can visualize a copper, uh, a copper container, peppermint leaves inside, steam coming up through, these glands are bursting open, they are carried up into the still through the steam. This oil and steam moves through something called a condenser that is cooling everything down. And finally, all of this steam and oil are um, released and collected in a vessel. Well, of course, what used to be steam is now cooled down. And what happens to steam when it's cooled? It turns into water. So what you have is a glass container that is collecting the water and the essential oil. Essential oils are, they have a different molecular density than water. So they're floating on the top. And you know what I'll do? In the show notes, I will put a photograph of a condensed, of a, um, it's actually called a separatory funnel. It doesn't matter, but it's a glass container that will have water with essential oils floating on top. And it's real pretty if you have the blue oils. That looks great. Anyway, so now you've got this product that's water with oils floating on top. The essential oils are removed, bottled as essential oils, and now you have this water that's left over. That water is hydrosol. Hydrosols are not always aromatic. So for example, if you take something like calendula, the flowers don't really have essential oils, but the flowers themselves have a tremendous healing value. So even calendula flowers can be distilled just for the hydrosol. 
So you can distill all kinds of plants and all different parts of plants, roots, needles from, say, the conifers, leaves from, like the peppermint and oregano and marjoram. You can distill seeds, like uh, fennel. You can distill fruit, of course, like lime is, is, is commonly distilled. So what you have is this incredible healing water. The distillate only contains a small portion of the volatile essential oil components. And it's the components that are what we call hydrophilic. They dissolve in water. So some of the components are going to go over into the essential oil and some are going to go into the water. It depends what kind of, what the molecules like, if they like water or if they don't like water. And essential oils only account for much less than 1% of the total solution. So there's a lot of other plant stuff in the distillate, in the water, than just essential oils. That is one reason why a hydrosol is a healing uh, is a healing product of itself, different than aromatherapy. I actually feel like hydrosol therapy should just be a modality unto itself, the way herbalists have their healing plants and their modalities. Aromatherapists have essential oils and their healing modalities. I feel like a hydrosol therapist should have its own, their own, um, mod- like it shouldn't be even included as, with essential oils, but for now we're lumping it all together. Anyway, besides aromatic chemicals, hydrosols contain something really important. They contain a lot more of the plant acids than pure essential oils. And although it may sound counterintuitive, plant acids are tremendously skin friendly hydrosols actually help restore your skin's natural acid mantle. So they're really great to use in anything to do with the skin, whether you're adding them to skincare products or just using them straight on the face, like in a spray. There are similarities between essential oils and hydrosols, but there are a lot of differences. And the three really big differences between essential oils and hydrosols are the shelf life, the usage, and the storage. So I'm going to talk about that for for a minute here. So the shelf life, every hydrosol will be a little bit different, but most are going to have to be thrown out after two to three years. Hydrosols need to be kept in a cool, dark place with consistent temperature. You can keep them in the fridge and I keep mine in the fridge because actually mine are in kind of a warm room, but what they don't like is to be in the fridge, out, in, out, in, out, that change of temperature back and forth is not good for the hydrosol. It's better to keep them in a consistent place. You can keep them in a basement if it's cool and dark, but you want to keep the temperature consistent and most importantly, do keep them cool. Hydrosols are easily contaminated. You, The simple act of just touching the neck of the bottle or inside the cap with your fingers can contaminate a hydrosol. You've got to keep everything really sterile with something like Everclear or, you know, some kind of an alcohol. And now in terms of their usage, they have so, so many applications. Hydrosols are mild yet effective. Most hydrosols are gentle enough to wash a cut or a scrape without worrying about dilution. They're unlike essential oils. You know, you've, if you've listened long enough, you know that I am not a big proponent of using essential oils neat on the skin. I feel essential oils need to be diluted and then rubbed into the skin. Hydrosols, though, you can use straight on the skin because they're so subtle and gentle. You can tackle, I don't know, a rash from poison ivy or fungal issues or anything chronic like like eczema, psoriasis, acne. You can use directly on the skin with hydrosols and they're so healing. 
Unlike essential oils, hydrosols can safely be used internally. I know a lot of people take essential oils by mouth, and I feel, I mean, that can be done, absolutely. I have used essential oils internally, but I have 25 years of experience, and I feel unless someone has had at least 200, 250 hours of professional training, they should not be taking essential oils by mouth. Instead, use a hydrosol. So an easy way to think of hydrosols is just replace water with hydrosol. So if you're making, um, what I like to do is use peppermint hydrosol and mix it in with my 32 ounces of water that I drink during the day. So I'll put in like, I don't know, two or three tablespoons of peppermint hydrosol in a liter of water and it's refreshing and it's really good for your tummy. If you are cooking, replace the water with hydrosol. If you are making lotions and creams and there's a water phase, instead of water, use maybe rose hydrosol or rose geranium hydrosol, which is fabulous for the skin. There are so, so many applications for, for hydrosols. You can add a shot of hydrosol to your favorite hot drink in the wintertime. We're starting to get in here in the Northern hemisphere. We're getting in, the weather's getting cool. And I like to take a teeny bit of cinnamon hydrosol and just put it like in my tea and kind of makes a chai sort of flavor. Hydrosols can be a great substitute for a mouthwash or a healing rinse when your mouth or gums are irritated. If you have a mouth ulcer if your child has braces, hydrosols can be a great way to maintain good oral health because they're healing to the gums and they taste good and they're safe. Last year, my husband took a mouthful of really hot soup and burned his tongue. And you know how painful that is. I ran to the um, kitchen. I got a little bit of lavender hydrosol and I had him basically rinse out his mouth with it, but just kind of hold it there against his tongue because lavender hydrosol is great for burns. So he spit it out. He did another application and he said in no time at all, his tongue stopped burning and he didn't have that next day burn. It just healed his tongue very quickly. Can you tell I'm excited about hydrosols? Once you start using them, you find so many applications. So there's a point I'd like to make right now, and this is important. Hydrosols should be purchased as a primary product, not byproduct. So what do I mean by this? A lot of people will refer to hydrosols as the byproduct of essential oil distillation. This could not be farther from the truth. I don't like this term because it's not accurate. The highest quality hydrosols come from artisan distillers who steam the plant material specifically to produce a hydrosol. So in other words, if an artisan hydrosol distiller is making is putting the plant material in the pot and creating a hydrosol. That is their purpose. The essential oil becomes the byproduct. There are different ways to distill if you're distilling for hydrosols or if you're distilling for essential oils. Temperatures change, the length of time of distillation. So you want to buy hydrosols from uh, someone who is, has made them just for the hydrosols, not for the essential oil. The other thing I'd like you to keep in mind is there are a lot of products out there sold as floral water, which can be very deceiving because it's often essential oils mixed with water. So before you purchase floral water, ask your vendor to explain how the product is made. If they don't know, do not purchase from them. If they say that it's essential oil and water, know that that is not a hydrosol. Hydrosols are made specifically from distilling the plants. So let's talk for a minute about hydrosol care and storage. 
I've made it pretty clear that they have a short shelf life. They are easily contaminated. So here are some tips for keeping your hydrosols uh, healthy and fresh. So as I've said, number one, keep them cool. Keep them in a cool, dark location. Keep them out of direct uh, light, especially sunlight. That can be very damaging to your hydrosols. Number two, you want to store your hydrosols in a sterile, clear glass. I know the trend for essential oils is to use dark glass like uh, cobalt blue or amber brown because it does protect the essential oils from UV rays. The thing with hydrosols is you want to store them in clear glass because you can see if there is contamination. You actually see them, the contamination. They're called blooms. You can see that floating around in the hydrosol. So as soon as you see a bloom, throw away the hydrosol. It's not good. I will go ahead and put a picture of a hydrosol with a bloom in it in the show notes so you know what I'm talking about. Okay, so we talked about uh, that hydrosols are fragile and we need to keep them a cool and consistent temperature. We talked about storing in sterile clear glass and now we're going to talk about headspace. When a bottle of hydrosol is partially full, and actually the same is true for an essential oil, that empty space above the liquid is called headspace. Headspace is not your friend. Headspace contains oxygen that over time is going to react with your hydrosol and cause it to deteriorate. So how do you prolong the shelf life? You just reduce the headspace. So you want to transfer your hydrosol to a smaller bottle. So let's say, for example, you have a 16 ounce bottle of lavender hydrosol. Now you're down to eight ounces left in the bottle. You want to get another clear, a clear eight ounce bottle. You want to sterilize it with something like Everclear. And you want to transfer the hydrosol now into your 8-ounce bottle so you don't have headspace at the top. You could also put it in two 4-ounce bottles. The point is that you do not want a lot of headspace at the top. The other thing I want to say on, the last thing I want to say on hydrosol care and storage is record the purchase date when you buy it. Write it on the bottle so you know how long you've had it and you know how old it is. So this has just been a super quick little primer on what is a hydrosol, how are they made, how do you care for them. And it's not exhaustive by any means. I mean, I teach a three-day class called Hydrosols for Health. I'm also currently working on an online class. There's a lot, lot more we can say about hydrosols. But my goal today was to have you just kind of understand what they are and how to care for them. And most importantly, that they are not a byproduct. They are the primary product. So next, let's move into today's topic, which is hydrosols for allergies. And I'm going to talk about recommended hydrosols for allergies. And then I'm going to talk about five ways you can use hydrosols for allergies. So the number five seems to be some kind of theme for me today because I'm going to talk about five specific hydrosols that are really good when you have all kinds of that nasty stuff happening from seasonal allergies like itchy eyes and runny nose. And then I'm going to talk about five ways you can use those hydrosols. I'm going to share these hydrosols in alphabetical order. They're not necessarily in order of how I would use them because it would depend on what you want them for. So I'm just giving them to you in alphabetical order. All right. Recommended hydrosol for allergies. Number one is calendula. The calendula flowers offer anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, astringent, antifungal, antiviral, and immunostimulant properties. This is a great hydrosol. It doesn't have a lot of aroma because it doesn't contain volatile essential oils, but it does have a really gentle and kind of sweetly herbal aroma that I find really delightful. 
It's incredibly safe and it has a million applications, especially for the skin. You can use calendula for, uh, apart from allergies, you can use it this with babies, with diaper rash. It's fabulous. So that's um, hydrosol number one. Hydrosol number two that I recommend for allergies is corn flour. This is my go-to hydrosol as an eye wash. If you suffer from seasonal allergies, you know how uncomfortable your eyes feel. They get very itchy and scratchy. And instead of using, I don't even know, Visine, I don't know what people use um, actually for their eyes, I would go to corn flour. Please make sure that the corn flour hydrosol you're buying is fresh. It is the real deal. Please don't be putting anything with preservatives in it, in your eyes, just pure corn flour hydrosol. It's very cooling. It's gentle. You can do a cool compress for swollen eyes. You can even get a tiny little bottle with, let's like a dropper and use one or two drops in your eyes to help uh, soothe them. The third hydrosol I recommend in your arsenal of allergy relief hydrosols is German chamomile. This is fabulously anti-inflammatory, and I'm going to share with you in a few minutes how you can use the German chamomile, but it's great. It's just, it's cooling. It's also great if you've got uh, eczema, psoriasis, rashes, burns. It's very great for that, for that sort of stuff. The fourth hydrosol I recommend is that standard lavender, which seems to be good for everything, both as an essential oil and as as a hydrosol. It's anti-inflammatory, calming and cooling for irritation or itching any skin issue. And the fifth hydrosol I recommend for allergy relief is peppermint. Peppermint is super cooling. It's very refreshing. You want to be super careful you don't get it around your eyes because it contains menthol and that can burn. But it has some great applications for allergy relief. Okay, so let's move into the purpose of today's uh, topic on hydrosols, which is five ways to use hydrosols for allergy relief. One of my favorite ways to use hydrosol when I have sinus congestion is, number one, the neti pot. Neti pot is an old, it's an Ayurvedic method of clearing and flushing and washing the sinuses. And generally what is recommended for a neti pot is a little bit of saline solution or saline, a little bit of salt. It comes with the neti pot in tepid water and you use it to rinse out your sinuses. What I recommend, especially if your sinuses are inflamed, is to take uh, like a tablespoon of German chamomile hydrosol, add it to your neti pot water and flush out your sinuses with it. I've even used peppermint in my neti pot, which was incredibly refreshing. It may burn, so you might not want to start with uh, peppermint hydrosol, but lavender, German chamomile, calendula, all of the hydrosols I recommended today are superb in your neti pot. I did a blog post on how to use hydrosols in the neti pot, and so you can read a lot more about that, and I'll put a link to that blog post in the show notes to make it easy for you to find. The second way that I would recommend using hydrosols for allergy relief is through a simple steam inhalation. Now, you can do a steam inhalation with essential oils where you take hot water, put a drop of essential oil in, and put your face over the bowl and do a, um, you know, a steam inhalation that way. But you can also, instead of water, use hydrosol. So you heat the hydrosol until just warm enough that there is some steam coming off. Put your face over the bowl, put a towel over your head, and breathe it in very deeply. It won't be as 
strong or piercing as if you were using an essential oil. It's much more gentle. And this would be a great way to use hydrosols with children. Any of the essential oils recommended in today's podcast would be super in a steam inhalation. The third recommendation of hydrosols for allergy relief, I've kind of talked about already, but that's eye wash for itchy eyes. So the only two hydrosols that I really recommend to use in your eyes are cornflower or Roman chamomile. Again, make sure it is fresh, organic, highest quality because you're putting it in your precious eyes. But you can put it in a dropper. You can do a compress over your eyes. Just sort of gently wash your eyes with uh, lavender. Nope, not lavender. With cornflour or Roman chamomile hydrosol. And it will really help soothe the itch and bring some of that swelling down. Okay, method number four is a sinus compress with a washcloth. You're going to drench you know, soak your uh, washcloth in a hydrosol and place it across your sinuses and your eyes. Now, this is awesome to do instead of with essential oils because you don't want to get essential oils anywhere near your eyes. And you can do this with um, a washcloth. So you have to determine yourself if you want heat or cold. So you might want to need to heat the hydrosol if you want a warm compress across your sinuses or if you want... Um, or just keep it cold if cold feels better. I personally like heat. So what I would do is take a washcloth, put it in warmed hydrosol, kind of wring it out and fold it so it's long and just lay it over my sinuses, like lay it across your nose and across your cheeks. That can be wonderfully anti-inflammatory for the sinuses. It feels divine. Or you can just lay the washcloth over your entire face. Breathe in through the washcloth. Maybe put on some soft music and relax. In terms of which hydrosol to use for a sinus compress, any of the ones that are recommended today, but I would not use peppermint. Again, because of the menthol, that close to your eyes will be very uncomfortable. And finally, the fifth way I would recommend using a hydrosol for allergy relief is in a gargle. So we often get that dry, scratchy throat when we have sinus issues. And any of the hydrosols I recommended today, even the peppermint, Put about two or three tablespoons in eight ounces of water and gargle, and you can drink it if you want when you're done gargling, but that will help soothe the throat and help bring some of that inflammation down, and it'll help to get rid of some of the scratchy itchiness, especially if you use peppermint. So in today's podcast, we talked about what is a hydrosol, how are they made, how do you take care of hydrosols? We talked about five recommended hydrosols for allergy relief. And then we talked about five ways to use those hydrosols for allergy relief. Be real careful where you're buying hydrosols. Make sure that it is a true hydrosol made for the product, not as a byproduct. And because it can be hard to find really good hydrosols, I am providing a list for you today of good suppliers that I personally trust and use their hydrosols in my classroom. So you'll find those in the show notes. And the show notes for today you can find at aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash zero one five. Okay, are you ready for the next segment? You know it. It's called Smell My Life. In the Smell My Life segment, I always share some way in which I've used essential oils in my real life during the week. Well, this week, as I shared at the beginning of the podcast, I was at a conference and stayed in a hotel. And I always make sure I have a lot of hydrosols and essential oils with me when I stay in a hotel because I often want to 
use essential oils for their antibacterial properties to clean things. And the air is one of those things in hotels that makes me crazy. I never know how often they clean the ducts. My bed was directly underneath the air conditioning. So as I laid in bed sleeping, air was being forced out over my head. So I took, it was real simple. I took three tissues and I soaked them in tea tree essential oil and I stuck them up in the air vents. So as I laid there, the essential oil molecules were falling on me, if that makes sense. So I felt as though I'm not sure how old or how pure is this air that I'm breathing in my hotel room, but I know I've got the tea tree protecting me while I sleep. And I could have used lavender. Uh, I could have used just about any relaxing essential oil because they all have antibacterial properties. But tea tree was kind of what I felt led to use. And tea tree doesn't keep me awake at all. So that was how I used essential oils in my life this week. And that, my friends, concludes episode number 15 of the Aromatic Wisdom Podcast. I sure hope that this was helpful and you learned a lot. And if you would like to leave me a glowing review on iTunes so that other people can find the podcast, I would love that. You can find me at aromaticwisdominstitute.com forward slash iTunes. Until next week, be well and be happy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.